Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. The Grinch did not steal Christmas. Here's the millennial with the mic. They want you to say Grace. Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us on this gorgeous but very, very chilly Friday afternoon. I am so excited to be here. Happy Friday to everyone. The lines are open today. Not a lot of guests planned because I want to hear from you. So it's 844-500-4242. Like I said, it's the end of the week, and what a week it has been. What a week for Boston in particular. (laughs) We're always making news, Jared, but sometimes we make good news. I I wouldn't say this was a great week as far as the news that Boston was making. In the news for all the wrong reasons, some might say. That was great for us. (laughs) It was. It was. Every day was easier than the last. And uh, I'm not sure if everyone is aware of this, but today is the 200th. And 50th, 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Believe it or not, no taxation without representation. December 16, 1773, the political protest by the Sons of Liberty in Boston. As I'm sure all my listeners are aware of, they boarded the ships and threw the chests of tea from the British East India Company into the Boston Harbor. Now, the event is considered one of the most significant episodes leading up to the American Revolution. It's been 250 years, and I think most of those colonists would be scratching their heads today. But you know what, Jared? I don't don't think it's appropriate. I don't like when people do this. I don't like when people say, oh, if so-and-so were alive, he would be horrified. Because it's like, we don't know. And just because someone dies doesn't mean they give up their rights of their opinion, and you can start pontificating on what you think they would feel. But here's what I can tell you. I know that none of those Sons of Liberty would be invited to Mayor Wu's holiday party. How's that? I, I, can, I can say that much as a fact because I do believe that some of them, if not all of them, were white men. And there are no white men allowed at the electeds of color Christmas party and even calling it a Christmas party I don't think was really part of the invitation it was a holiday party a celebrate diversity party now for those of you who haven't been following Mayor Michelle Wu has been in the news for hosting this party Um, she allowed the holiday party to take place at the Parkman House in Boston and I think it's safe to say her strategy which I can say this from experience here Her strategy, like most of the time when she's dealing with scandal, it's not the first time Mayor Wu's been involved in a uh, political eyesore. But I think her main strategy is to avoid the cameras, really say nothing, say very little at, at most, and hope it goes away. Fingers crossed it goes away. And you know what? It's not a terrible strategy because the news moves so quick. Things happen so quickly that people do forget. But I'm not sure it's going to work with this one, though. People are not thrilled, Bostonians are not thrilled with the idea of their taxes 
being used to fund a party at the Parkman House that excluded members of a certain race. And you know what I should add in here? I am assuming that our taxes were used. Perhaps the party goers, perhaps the people who were invited to this exclusive event, perhaps they picked up their own bill. Perhaps they picked up the tab. Maybe somebody wrote a personal check and they covered it in the, in the spirit of the holidays. And if that's the case, I would love to stand corrected. But if... This was funded by taxpayers. I'm not sure said taxpayers would feel this is the best use of our money, considering all the other problems that we're seeing in Boston. I'm also curious, and I was listening to the radio this morning coming in, I'm also curious if this violates the public accommodations law in Massachusetts. Now, some some publications that I'm reading, they're saying it could have violated the spirit of the law. In other words, she might get away with it if you're just looking at the exact verbiage, but the intention of the law could have been violated. So I was looking that up to see what is the intention of this. And it's it's pretty, pretty set in stone. I don't think there's a question of whether or not she violated it. It said the Massachusetts public accommodations law prohibits, among other things, making any distinction, discrimination or restriction in admission to or treatment in a place of public accommodation based on race color, religious creed, national origin, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, and the list goes on and on and on. To me, that's clear. And I don't mean like the Biden administration saying things are clear where they're really not clear. I mean, that is actually very, very clear. So why are we bringing back separate but equal? Why are we now having different parties? And I don't know. I don't this know. makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. Yeah. As someone who is at the, the Boston Tea Party, you would think Joe Biden would comment on this. He hasn't yet, but we're waiting. I'm sure he has. I'm, I'm sure he's going to make some comment today about the Boston Tea Party and his connection to it and like how it, it means a lot to him and his dad and his son and, and you know, the, the whole th- the whole thing where Biden makes he can make any event about himself. It's actually it's a talent he has and he doesn't have many talents. That is one of them. So I'll be curious to see how he makes the Boston Tea Party about himself. Maybe it's like, I really, I'm a big tea drinker, and uh, my whole family's been tea drinkers, and uh, he'll go on from there. But one cop-out that I've been seeing from the mayor and, and from other people, or from not really from the mayor, she hasn't said much. I know that, I think the Daily Mail caught her outside the, the Parkman house before she went in. But from people surrounding the mayor, the line of excuse there's kind of two things here one is oh we're sorry that the email was sent out to the white people and you know we're, we're sorry for the clerical error we didn't we're sorry it. they found out yeah we we didn't mean to actually send it to them that's our bad they're acting like oh it's a computer glitch as if that's what everyone's mad about i don't think if this had just been a random email that was accidentally sent to everyone about like a, a, a parking spot at city hall that there would be this much uproar i don't think the daily mail would be running with it So that was one. And two, the other thing that they're trying to get away with here is by saying, well, she just hosted it. Like, this has been going on for years. This party has been going on for years. I don't think that that's the excuse you think it is. I don't. If I were trying to help the mayor's office, if I were trying to help city hall here i would say maybe we don't maybe we don't keep harping on the fact that we've been doing this for years because 
then people might start asking questions. So have we been funding these no whites allowed parties for years? Has this always been a thing? And it really is crazy on a serious note. When you think about the division in not just the city of Boston, not just Massachusetts, but the entire country, you think of the division right now. And the fact that someone thought this was a good idea. Like, let's divide people even more. And her reasoning was almost, Jared, like, we need to divide people to unite people. You know, this is certain space for certain groups of people to get together. And I'm thinking, but you're not getting people together. You're keeping people apart. You're, you're specifically keeping certain races away from other races. What about that is unifying in any way, shape, or form? Now, that's not the only thing going on in Boston. We talked a lot about that yesterday, and it's still a huge story. But it amazes me how much bad press we're getting. Um, bringing more shame to the cradle of liberty, Harvard University, and it's not just Harvard. Other elite institutions are in the news again. They cannot stay out of the news. And I actually have several different stories. Just a couple headlines for you. Harvard forces Jewish student group to hide menorah at night for fear of vandalism according to a rabbi. Man, Claudine Gay just racking up those wins. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that's why they're standing by her, Jared. They, they want to see headlines like that, I guess. Another one, Jewish MIT students say Holocaust display vandalized in year-long campaign of hate. In college did nothing, believe it or not. So Claudine Gay's memorable performance, it was actually from last week, this congressional hearing, this disastrous congressional hearing she had. It's still making waves, though, because they're not going to turn on her. I will say this. I didn't get to fully go into the uh, New York Post story about the possible like taking away of the tax exemptions from these universities. I did think it was very interesting. And I saw today that Senator J.D. Vance is suggesting that these major universities have their endowments taxed. Now, Jared, let me say this. As a credulous, non-woke non-Jew hating. I'm not a Jew hater. I actually love the Jewish people, so I know that I'm not woke enough for the left. Boomer Rube. I'm not a boomer, but I, I identify as a boomer. As all of those things, I will say J.D. Vance's plan makes perfect sense to me. I'm sure there's a million reasons why it won't work or why it won't happen. But to me, it just makes sense. They have all this money. They have all these endowments. Billions of dollars. They're sitting on like $50 billion at Harvard. Why not tax them? See, this is a, this is a trap that a lot of people have fallen into, and it's appropriate on the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. No taxation without representation. It's the same reason people want to tax churches or houses of worship. If you're taxed, you get representation. So if you want to tax the Catholic Church, that's fine, but they're going to have a seat at the table in the House of Representatives or in the Senate making laws about abortion. If you want to tax a mosque they're going to have a seat at the table making rules about women's bodies, you know, that sort of thing. If you want to tax the schools, they're going to have representation in making laws. Do and you, that's a dangerous trap. Do you think that we should be taxing the endowments for these universities? I actually don't think we should. I mean, they're, they're private universities. I think the government should stay out of it, honestly. I mean, it's a if you want to pull federal funding that yeah. you give to them, great. That's... Uh, a way to like kind of get around tax, like taxing them without taxing them, but going after them for taxes at a private institution, I think it's a bad idea. Okay. Well, maybe that would be a good opener for our first hour. We'll hear from people. I also just want to point out, this is on a totally separate note, but it's worth mentioning in the beginning. 
Have you heard the latest on Hunter? God. He defied. It changes so much. I don't know. He defied his subpoena. He might be held in contempt, depending on how the vote shakes out. But my favorite part is now he's threatening. (laughs) I can't even say this with a straight face. Now he's threatening to flee the country if Trump wins. Oh, you're a flight risk. You don't say. (laughs) That's good to know. I I think we, we should all take note of that. He's threatening to flee the country. It's like. Okay, again, as I always say, is that a promise? Like, don't tell me that and then back away from it. But it does seem weird that when all of these problems are arising for you, now you float the idea of fleeing the country. Hmm. Is he going to go to Ukraine or China or Romania? He's he's very proud of his, his time in Ukraine and the business he did there. So I don't think he'd appreciate your laughter. He can go volunteer right now, go over to Ukraine. 844-500-4242. We have that. We have so many other things to talk about. Get on the line now. We're going to have a great show today, if I do say so myself. we got tons of sound to get to and a lot of crazy stories out there. (laughs) The way it's it's being written is Hunter fears he may have to flee if Trump wins. I never had a choice. I had to get out of town. These, These Bidens, they never cease to amaze. And now I'm hearing that the Biden White House, they're all in a in a panic about the fact that Hunter went rogue. I told you, Jared, I said there is no way they were on board for this. And then KJP's out there with that bright yellow turtleneck and that green. She looked like uh, she looked like she won the Masters or something with that outfit on. She's got this crazy outfit on and she's out there saying how Biden is familiar he was familiar with what hunter was going to say again you are walking yourselves into a lot of problems here we'll talk about that when we come back you know it was freezing today i was outside this morning for for a little bit of time and i was chilly but i was so happy to get get here jared because i turned on my gen 40 heater and immediately from my toes to my fingers, I was all warmed up because that's what this does. It's a really great heater. It combines convective heat and infrared heat, and it gives you like a fireplace roaring type of heat that doesn't dry you out. And the added bonus here, which you know I, I know my listeners appreciate, it's going to save you a lot of money. Yeah, we, uh, we actually moved ours into the, the boys' room last night um, because it was just going to be so cold we knew that there was no way about it and it was great and we didn't have to worry about it because it's safe around pets and kids because there's no exposed heating elements yeah it's also sleek and stylish and right now you can save fifty dollars this week only with code grace 50 so go to edenpuredeals.com use code grace 50 for the gen 40 heater this savings is on the already low sales price and what i love about eden pure is that right when you think they could easily hike up prices right now let's face it where we're headed into the dead of winter and people are going to want this heater instead they're giving you a low sale price and they're going to take $50 off, and they're going to give you free shipping. So that's what our friends at Eden Pure have in store for you. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater. I have so many fun stories to get to. We will talk to all of you when we come back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. 
This is why I haven't done What's Your Favorite Christmas Song Yet, Jared. Because in my mind, there's no competition. This one wins every year. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show in TGIF. I am so excited to be here. We've got a lot to discuss. We've got people on the lines who want to talk about Mayor Wu. I don't blame you. It's still a huge story. Daily Mail today ran a big piece on Howie Carr. They had Howie's, they had Howie's photo right in the middle of it, and it said, Outraged. And it's picking up a lot of steam. It's a national news story, and we will continue to discuss. I did want to give you guys just a little bit of information, though, about what's going on at the White House. Remember all those interns who (laughs) signed on to an anonymous letter, which, again, I do not know how that happens? Well, it turns out that the person who sent in this letter, according to a screenshot reviewed by West Wing Playbook, is a user named Thara Najarajan, and they wrote in to this intern group chat the Sunday before the letter became public and explained to people, you know, this is how this is the link if you want to sign on to the Google form to sign the letter. But nobody knows who this person is. No one seems to know who this woman is. And a lot of people don't think she's a White House intern to begin with. I was reading this whole story and I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Then I read how on Wednesday, which I don't know how I missed this, There were anonymous Biden staffers protesting out in front of the White House demanding a ceasefire. Now, on January 6th, Jared, it didn't matter if you were dressed head to toe, covered up your entire face. They figured out who the J6 people were. How are Biden interns protesting outside with masks on and no one can crack down on who these people are? Seems strange to me. Many of them have bags of cocaine. I don't think Hunter, you know, Hunter's been really busy, Jared, and I don't think he would travel to stand outside somewhere. I think he's used to just getting dropped off in the SUV and picked up, and he's kind of, he's a privileged kind of guy. Um, Lou, you are up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, how you doing, Grace? You know, you got Boston has, uh, that area has uh, Claudine Gay, Michelle Wu, and the, the famous Ibram X. Kendi Research Center, which has produced no research and has gotten $40 million. What a wonderful place in Wokeland. Uh, but the thing is about Michelle Wolf, what I think about her is, is that, you know, she's trying to be like the cool kid. She's trying to be the cool kid Asian person. Because uh, I looked it up today. She came, really came out against the Supreme Court ruling against affirmative action that came out in October. Remember that? And that the discrimination at Harvard was against Asians. It's one of the biggest law cases that they brought there was where Asian students bring a case against uh, Harvard because Harvard was excluding Asians, not because of grades, not because of SAT scores, but because they had low personality traits scores. And and here she is siding against, you know, other Asians uh, in, in that case, too. She's trying to be a cool kid. She's really trying to be a cool kid. You think she's trying to super woke than anybody else? Oh, you think she's trying to appease the woke crowd? Yeah, and see, my the only point I'd make here is I don't see. Unlike Michelle Wu, I don't care what color her skin is. I don't care. I don't. that, That does not play any effect. I just don't want her discriminating against different groups of people, and that's what happened here. Doesn't matter to me how she identifies. Has nothing to do with it. You just you don't. You don't exclude a group of people based off their skin color. That's not progress. That's not being woke. If that's what being woke is, then this movement has more problems than I even thought in the beginning. I'm glad you brought up Ibram X. Kendi, though, because I forgot about that BU Anti-Racist Center. 
I'm going to have to check in on that. We're going to talk Gavin Newsom and more when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. The number is 844-500-4242. I was listening to Howie's program yesterday, and he was playing cuts of Vivek Ramaswamy. And usually if Howie covers some cuts, I don't necessarily rehash it the next day. But I was I was very pleased with the way Vivek handled this. And you know what, Jared? It does tie into something we were talking about earlier this week, which is should politicians... Uh, conservative spokespeople, should they go on these outlets like CNN and MSNBC? And my feeling is that if you can handle it, then you should do it. And when I say handle it, I mean handle it easily. Like you should be able to do it in your sleep. You should be able to take these questions, turn them on their head, and, and really change the narrative that CNN or MSNBC or NBC or ABC, the alphabet networks, are going to throw at you. And one of the people that first came to mind for me was Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't think he's going to be president, but I think he's very, very intelligent, and I think he knows how to operate when it comes to these, these interviews, which are really just attempts to embarrass conservatives and he was he was far and he was incredibly intelligent and I don't think that the host I think it was Abby Phillips Jared I don't think she stood a chance you could hear in her voice when she was asking him these questions that she was getting nervous she knew what she was dealing with so I want to play that cut in just a second here but first let's do the poll question Jared Diglio is on the board this Friday afternoon Jared what is the poll question and what are the results thus far uh, today's poll question is brought to you by Preborn Pregnancy Network the miracle of life is a gift that every baby deserves because every life is precious. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn Pregnancy Network to help rescue babies through donations from listeners like you. Any amount will help. All gifts are tax deductible and 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. Please join us. To donate securely, go to preborn.com grace. That's preborn.com slash grace and the poll question which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is will michelle Wu apologize for the no whites allowed holiday party <laughs> oh jared thank you i didn't give you a compliment yet i was gonna say though your voice sounds good thank you very much you have been- i'm feeling much better but i I'm feeling better, but I still have enough of like that sick cold yes. stuff that I like. Sticky I like shoes, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. going to record some backing vocals for some 70s funk people after this. Yeah, it's very deep. It's very Ron Burgundy-esque. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to vote. Can you read me the question one more time? Yes. Will Michelle Wu apologize for the No Whites Allowed holiday party? I'm going to say, and you know what, Jared? You have to go based off history. Like You have to go based off what she's done before. I don't think she's an apology type of person. I don't. And I'm not even going to go out on a limb and say like, oh, that's a bad strategy. Because I I think sometimes people who don't complain and who don't explain and who don't apologize are better off. 
I don't think she typically apologizes. If anyone can come up with a situation in which she did and which maybe I'm missing something, feel free. But I think she'll just hide away. I think she'll get through these holiday events she has to go to. I know she had events this morning. One for each racial group. <laughs> yeah, she'll go to her separate but equal uh, holiday events. <laughs> and then the she Jim will Crow Christmas. Then she will go undercover. That's my that's my guess. So I'm going to say no, she will not apologize. Ninety four percent of the audience agrees with you. They say no, she will not apologize. All right, so let's get into this Ramaswamy cut because something about it really struck me. He's he's being questioned by Abby Phillips, and she's not happy about what he had to say about January 6th, right, Jared? She's not happy that he's implied or insinuated that January 6th could have been an inside job. I want to take this cut. I might ask Jared to pause it, which he's very used to at this point. So let's take a listen. So here's my concern, Abby, and I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me... It's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I, could- I want to pause it there for a second because I think that's a really, really good point to bring up. I actually had been thinking about this recently. We were talking about JFK's assassination. And I thought back to when I started with Howie almost 10 years ago and how I don't even want to say I was naive because I I think I just like most people, I just didn't understand the level of corruption and the level of dishonesty that goes on within our government, within these government agencies. And even since I would say COVID, my idea of these things has shifted dramatically. Like I was not a conspiracy theorist type of girl. You know what changed it for me though was when the left kept calling things conspiracy theories and then two years later kept saying, oh, actually those things are true. Like, oh, no, 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 the COVID, the coronavirus didn't start in the Wuhan lab. It started in a wet market next door. And then anyone who said, well, maybe we should look at the place that was studying coronavirus that's also in Wuhan, they were called conspiracy theorists. And then two years later, oh, the New York Times puts out a post after, you know, really disparaging anyone who dared speak this conspiracy. Then they said, turns out there's a pretty good chance it was in the Wuhan lab. And there's a million examples of that. The Hunter Biden laptop, we were told, has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation till it didn't. The Russia hoax, the Russia hoax is a great one. The Russia hoax, we were told, oh, there's compromise. Oh, Adam Schiff kept assuring us there's so much there. There's so much there. He colluded with Russia. You know what story I have today? And I'm not going to get too off track because I can I can tell that Jared's going to say to me in a second, you're losing the plot here. But just a quick mention of the Russia hoax. Remember Charles McGonigal, the FBI official, the former high ranking FBI official who investigated Donald Trump for colluding with Russia? He was just sentenced to 50 months in prison, 50, 5 50, for colluding with a Russian oligarch to evade U.S. sanctions. So to go with what Vivek's saying, my ideas of what's conspiracy theories have really evolved. Now you tell me something's a conspiracy theory and I go, OK, so what does that give me? Two years until the New York Times or CNN will run with it and make, by the way, make no apologies to all the people that they said were tinfoil hatters. No apologies to Rand Paul, Senator and Dr. Rand Paul. No apologies to Senator Tom Cotton for floating his fringe conspiracy theory. No apologies to Donald J. Trump. No apologies to Marty McCary. No apologies to any of these people. No apologies to Miranda Devine, to the New York Post, 
They just move on from it. Conspiracy becomes truth and nobody is held accountable. So that idea of my mindset towards these things has changed drastically because of the last few years makes a lot of sense to me. These places that we're supposed to trust or that at least a lot of us did trust have done absolutely nothing to earn our trust and absolutely everything to lose it for the past five or six years. And I'm sure how he's listening or other people are listening and going five or six years, Grace, try five or six decades. I, I give you that. But like Vivek, I've only been in this for so long. And I've seen a lot, though. It doesn't take a long time. You start paying attention to it. You'd be blown away how many of these crazy conspiracy theories come true. Go ahead, Jared. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. Ramos, if, if I may finish just answering. Well, let me just, just, I, really I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here. Do we have the next cut? Okay, I want to play the next cut. Her reasoning for interrupting cracks me up. Because you're I know this that there establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that there this, were federal agents. We should agents. be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. This, you this are saying important. there were federal agents in the pad on, on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not Ooh, seen wait, hold ev on. any evidence so that we've there seen were. Multiple, and so we've you've seen multiple. Pause it. That's insane that she would say there's no evidence that there were. I would say the evidence. There's been so many Republican congressmen who have asked Christopher Ray under oath, can you just tell us that there were no undercover feds? And he can't. And he'll say the notion, the notion of what you're getting at is ridiculous. Well, yes or no, then. If it's so ridiculous, why can't you say, no, there were none. There were none. And if there were two, if there were three, then we should know about it. And, and I know the excuse they use. We can't jeopardize Sure. And you can use that excuse all you want, but then don't turn around and say there's no evidence. Like what he's talking about is ridiculous. If you feel, if these agencies, Jared, if Christopher Ray, if the FBI, if the CIA, if they feel that it is such a dangerous conspiracy theory that there were people undercover on January 6th, then they should go out of their way to dispel Americans of that notion. But they can't for some reason. They can't. Go ahead. Keep playing it. You're saying that there's no that you have not seen evi any evidence. So that we've there seen were, multiple. And so we've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people. Were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking. Is there any evidence? Well, let me clarify. I know this is very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my I know this question is an uncomfortable because issue for many people, but you, we have to do the truth. I'm confused. Why? She's getting so nervous, like, oh, she's lost. This is what always happens. So if, if anyone like Vivek or Trump or Ron DeSantis starts getting applause at a CNN town hall, the host immediately is thinking, oh, no, everyone's going to hate me. 
everyone's going to be mad because this is what they do. This is what the the co-hosts at uh, CNN will do. This was what happened to Caitlin Collins. She had Trump on the stage and he he really knocked it out of the park and Caitlin Collins became persona non grata. So they they get this panic in their voice when someone starts to tell the truth or, or you know what? I won't even say starts to tell the truth when someone starts to ask important questions. And that's just another reason we need to have an investigation into January 6th. And I don't mean the Liz Cheney show trial, ABC produced circus. I mean, an actual investigation as to what happened that day. Because in the words of the crazy lady on the side of the plane from Bridesmaids, there's something they're not telling us. <laughs> and I do believe that. I do believe that. They, they all, all of these liberals, they get very feisty when you bring it up. Arthur. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Arthur. Hi, Grace. Uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And thanks for bringing uh, a nice new American into our country. Oh, you're, you're uh, thank you, Arthur. So sweet. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, uh, to, to a person with common sense and street sense, there's no. it's pretty obvious to me right from the get-go and the fact that uh, now that they're uh, trying to hide the videotapes, even though they're there for everybody to see. And uh, and I also saw another uh, uh, a DVD that was out there called Capital Punishment that really shows you how peaceful these people were, which they always are. And uh, the, fa- the fact is that they, they've been trying to cover this up. This was a big setup uh, right from the beginning. The people were the, the, uh, the they had people standing by waiting to start violence as soon as our people arrived. None of these none of our people had any weapons or anything to turn around to cause a disturbance. And with the video showing that there were no disturbances inside and, and everybody got along peacefully and it was just a, a, a peaceful uh, proper demonstration. I wouldn't go that right far. I, I think that there was definitely. Things definitely got out of hand. I, I will not. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that things. It was not a good look for Republicans. I'm not one of these people who thinks all those people were, you know, patriots. I think a lot of them were nuts, and I think a lot of them were probably mentally unstable, and they were coaxed into what they were doing by outside forces. I think I could say that without getting into much trouble. But I don't blame Arthur for wondering what what happened or asking questions, and. I'll also say this, like, I I remember that week. It was the week we started, Jared. Baptism by fire. The week we started was January, the week of January 6th. And I was thinking, how am I going to do three hours of this every day? And I remember condemning it and saying, I don't stand by this. I I don't think people should have done this. And I mean that because I don't think it was a good look. I don't think it was it was representative of Trump supporters, of the people I know that love Trump and the people I know that are conservatives. Um, I thought it was a mess and it was it looked foolish. But here's what I will say. That does not mean that I can't point out the double standard and the way people have been prosecuted for partaking in January 6th versus other violent riots all over the country. And that is where I feel as though voices need to stand up and say, someone does something wrong. You want to prosecute them. Go for it. But we have to have a standard here in this country. It can't be, oh, this person had a Trump flag, so we're going to throw him in the gulag for 11 years. This person set a cop car on fire, but they were part of BLM. So, you know, we're going to give it a pass. That's what we need to. And you know what people will say? People will say that's whataboutism. I don't care. I don't care. 
because not enough people are pointing it out. We'll be back. We'll take more of your calls. We got a lot more to talk about when we return. You know, we talked to Justin Manning this week. I love talking to Justin. He's a wealth of knowledge and he knows so much about the real estate market and he's seen it through so many different ups and downs. So nothing really scares him anymore. He never hits the panic button and he's here to help you because in the past couple of years alone, close to 50 satisfied Grace listeners, that makes me so proud to say that my listeners have allowed JJ Manning auctioneers to sell their valuable real estate quickly, contingency-free, and for the highest price the market will pay. That's always everyone's fear, right? You sell your property, and then you kind of, before, you're, before you fall asleep, you're thinking to yourself, did I get the most money I could? Should I have waited? Should I have gone with this person? Well, what did I do that for? Should I have waited another month? Should I have done it a year ago? With J.J. Manning, you don't have to worry about that. You're in the hands of the experts. They know what they're doing. They're going to get you the most money possible. So you walk away from the transaction feeling good about it, feeling proud with the number you have, and you're never left out in the cold wondering about interest on your property. They're going to stay with you. Step-by-step, that means weekly inquiry reports provide measured progress. They're going to create a sense of teamwork through the auction process. There's no distress. You set the terms, the buyer pays all commissions, and you sell contingency-free. And not the contingency-free that other places tell you that actually have a lot of contingencies. This is the real definition of contingency-free. So J.J. Manning uses their 30-30 marketing plan, 30 days of advertising and 30 days to close. No haggling and no changes to your deal. Call 800-521-0111. Or visit jjmanning.com. That's 800-521-0111 to get in touch with Charlie Gill. Or just go to jjmanning.com. So much more show to get to on this beautiful Friday afternoon. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. You know what my question is about Hunter Biden? He's considering fleeing the country if Trump wins in 2024. So that's just another reason for all of you to vote for Donald Trump in 2024 if he is the nominee, which seems pretty inevitable at this point. But my question is, what... what uh, what kind of ticket you think he's getting as far as getting out of here? You think he's going business class? Do we think he's going to see if maybe he can get one last ride on Air Force One? Is he going to join? Maybe, Jared, he's going to join Joe when Joe gets on the helicopter and just say, keep going. Just keep going. Get us out of here. But this man is so arrogant and he defies the subpoena. And, you know, I was watching Jonathan Turley's take on it. And I love Jonathan Turley. I think he's really, really good. And he was like, there's no third flavor. Like, you either you either show up and you testify and you get deposed or you don't and you defy the subpoena. There's not this third option where you show up, you make this grandiose speech, and then you get to, like, shove it in the face of Congress. Uh-huh. You either. It's, it's just, it's reeks of entitlement and that's all that hunter biden is at this point he is how he said it and how he was right the poster boy for white privilege you know who i saw was defending him aoc 
There are all of these I am woman, hear me roar type Democrats. I'm sorry, socialists are defending the biggest womanizer in the Democrat Party. Maybe second to his dad. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. 